Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. You've all heard that a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, a book cover is probably worth a thousand sales because the book cover really sells your book. People get an idea and a feel for who you are, what your topic is, and who the book is meant for just by seeing the book cover. So a book cover can work for you and a bad book cover can work against you. On today's episode, you're going to learn the elements of what makes a book cover pop and how to stand out from the crowd where every book cover seems to be done by the same designer or the same set of Canva tools. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm a book strategist, which means I'm a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter. And no matter where you are in the book writing process, I can help. You can find more information on my website, writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's get started. Our guest today is all the way from Australia, Julia Puris. How are you today, Julia? I'm very well. Thank you. Great. Thanks for joining us today with our very different time zones. We're going to talk about four different book covers that you've designed that popped. And I have to tell a quick background story that I just met Julia on LinkedIn. She reached out to me and I get a lot of calls on LinkedIn. And I I checked out her website and I said, wow, these book covers really pop. And my audience needs to know about you because you can make a book really, really stand out. So if you're watching the YouTube version of this, as opposed to the audio podcast, go to my YouTube channel where you can actually see the book covers that we're going to be talking about. Our first cover is called Yes, Chef. And you can see it here that there's a plate with the words Yes, Chef written on it with a black and white tablecloth background reminiscent of, say, the uh, Italian restaurants and a little blurb in the corner that's actually a chef's hat that says, Hilarious, a three-course delight by Crew Detay. I guess that's a reviewer. So cool, cool. So Julia, tell us about the the origin for this book cover. How did it come about? So the the book was initially written as a way of guiding new, uh, I guess, new talent into the industry, and it was a, 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 about how to inspire them, how to give them a bit of a roadmap. So when I look at um, at a book cover, I always think, what would be the most familiar and relevant way to bring the design onto the cover uh, that follows the design rules but yet breaks them? You know, can we bring a texture? Can we bring a, a, a dimension to it that would just be like that circuit breaker? You know, because when you're standing in a physical bookstore or online scrolling through books in the same genre, you need that something that that feels familiar, but also gives your eyes and your brain a chance to go, hang on a second, this is different. And you pick it up in your mind, you go, let me explain it to my brain how it's different. And so that was the thinking behind this book. I thought, plate, uh, let's bring like a tablecloth texture, pull it together and create that dimension of the cover. Great. Now, what input did the author have originally did they say I want a plate I want a book cover uh, or did they just say here's what I'm doing have at it surprise me 
pretty much it. Uh, you get a title and a subtitle. A lot of the time, a title is a working title, so they're still workshopping a lot of, um, the, I guess, the the language around the subtitle or the words. Um, and then I just I run with ideas and I pull together a collection of concepts um, that that really showcase the different design directions that you can go. So some would be presented in a, a photographical a way where you get imagery and photographs. Others are just purely typographical, where it's just a, a background and a text uh, on, on the background. And then we, we go through a process of elimination. So in some cases, it is a collaborative uh, process where I, uh, I get a lot of input uh, from the author where they have very specific ideas, and then we expand on those. What's the best way that you found to work with an author? Do you want them to give you, say, a list or, or show you a bunch of book covers they like or a bunch of book covers they don't like? You know, how can they set you on the right direction? Because you're a creative person. You can come back with a thousand ideas and we're only going to print one. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I always like to make it a collaborative process. And in the creative brief that I send to the author, a lot of the time I will ask them to supply uh, cons- uh, thumbnails of covers that they like and dislike just so that if there is a particular color that they really don't like that I won't give them all of a sudden five designs with that color you know Um, but I also tell them that the covers that they like don't necessarily need to be in their space so it could be in a completely different genre and they like it for a particular color or a font or a particular image caught their eye so I like to incorporate their ideas but I feel that as a designer I need to bring a lot of my own ideas to the table to show what it can become so sometimes they focus the the authors will focus on the writing itself and the editing rounds and so they might have a fairly narrow view of what the cover can be or quite a literal uh, interpretation of what should be on the front cover and I'm just able to expand that and and go beyond what would typically be on the cover of a chef's book. Great idea, Uh, great information. Uh, I'm curious about subtitles. Uh, There is a subtitle here, I can't quite read it on the screen but uh, I'm sure in the final version that shows up on the on the podcast we'll have the final uh, wording but how do you fit in a long subtitle or you know can a subtitle ruin the whole design of the book how how do you work with the subtitle with the subtitle I always say that a front cover is such an important piece of real estate you really need to be very clever with what makes it to the front cover what makes the cut and so if the subtitle is very long and wordy um there is a way of incorporating that. We just might need to compromise in the sense that it becomes a typographical cover where the subtitle almost becomes like a secondary title. And, um, and I have done a book like that where, where it's effective and it stands out and it's almost like two parts of the title reading together. But if the subtitle is really on its own, I always suggest to make it short, punchy, um, because that's what really grabs our attention, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great. Let's move to our second book, which is The Little Pink Book. Can you describe that book for us, please? Yes. Uh, so The Little Pink Book um, is a, it's a guide for women that are going through breast cancer. And it was uh, put together by uh, an oncologist in Sydney that works uh, with women Australia-wide. And really, the idea behind this book was to give these women a, a resource you know, I can imagine it's such an overwhelming time where they 
there is so much information that's coming at them. And he really wanted to give them something that has a little bit more heart and soul and um, just something that they can carry with them. So the size of this book was really important. It was really important to make it uh, like a little keepsake so it doesn't look like another textbook or another pamphlet that they're given, almost like a personal diary where they can highlight um, parts of it, take their own notes, you know, uh, mark the pages and and just something that looked a bit more special from the clinical notes and and resources that these women would get. Um, And so there was a lot of questions and stories shared in that book. And so that was the idea behind the design. I wanted to create it like a a texture diary. And so you've you've chosen several elements. I can't even describe the background, but it's soft and inviting and it is pink. And so can you tell us a little bit about the background picture and the fonts that you use? Because you have a combination of capital letters and small letters and pink in, the word, in, in pink color. Just give us a little bit of background of how you decided to do all of that. Because again, there, there's nothing about body image or body shapes on this book cover. And I have seen other books that were more clinical that were did have pictures of women's faces and photographs and and such like that so i'm just curious why you chose this and it's not a criticism in fact it's a compliment because it does seem like you could pick this book up and and read it on the bus and no one would look at you twice and saying oh my gosh what is she reading yes exactly so the the keeping the discretion and uh keeping uh i guess the the privacy of women that are going through this uh, was important. But also I feel that in within this space to uh, put a face on the cover or put, to put a body um, part or even a contour on the cover, a lot of women might look at that and think, well, that's not what I look like. Therefore, this isn't me. So as a consumer, a lot of the time, you know, we make meaning of, of things and, and we decide them within seconds, whether we're shopping in for, you know, dishwashing liquid or, or cereal. Anytime we, we see ourselves in a particular space, we can either go, oh, that's just like me or this isn't me. And so going through a breast cancer journey is very personal. So I didn't feel putting any imagery like that would be appropriate on the cover. And also because we had that... Um, that notebook diary idea in mind, I thought, well, why not highlight it by introducing like a soft pink, um, uh, I, f- I forget the name of it, but you know, this, the stitching across it just creates that soft uh, texture that gives it the idea of like a diary. And so I wanted to overlay that with quite a modern uh, typography. And so the, it's called the little pink book. So the word little, it was very appropriate to have that in the lowercase. And then pink, obviously in pink and, and book in uppercase. And just to create a little bit of a difference on the title. So it stands out, it looks modern, and it just, it looks, it looks different and something that they want to keep and carry with them. Yeah, it looks soft and plush. It almost doesn't look like a book cover. It almost looks like a pillow or uh, whatever the te- that texture is, which is clever. And also, um, this is an a example of a book title that without the subtitle you really wouldn't know what it was about but the word pink has almost become identified with breast cancer you know breast cancer month the breast cancer run and such like that so by having the word pink in pink and then the sub 
title, you know, Complete Guide to Breast Cancer and Its Treatment, makes it stand out. So very nice, very nicely done. I was immediately drawn to that. Great. So let's look at our next book, which is called Trying to Conceive. And tell us a little bit about that one. So trying to conceive, that's a fun one. Uh, again, it's its quite a sensitive topic, a very personal and emotional journey uh, for, for couples that are trying to um, have a baby. And so to, to bring a little bit of humor to it um, after interviewing, after they uh, spoken to many couples, uh, they found that, that it was important. It was important to have that uh, a little bit of lightheartedness amongst the story sharing and and, and the heartache. And so I'm a rule breaker when it comes to designs and front covers. So I thought, what would be fun without being very graphic? And, uh, you know, what could be a little bit suggestive, but also fun and playful. And so that's why I thought uh, a cover of suggesting, you know, a couple in bed and all you see is their feet and, um, and the sheets on quite a striking red background, uh, you know, with, with the subtitle that follows the lines of the bed sheet is is fun and we complemented that with um with a font that's casual almost like a little um handwriting look and feel about it it's all lowercase trying to conceive just to to break down the formality of it because again they are in the space where there is a lot of medical information that's coming to them um, at them clinical records you know research like all of that and so something something to to be the circuit breaker in their experience and in their journey well i think you hit uh, the nail on the head here with uh, the perfect kind of cover because when i was looking on amazon at other books in this genre they were very clinical and photographic and contour like i'm learning words from you i love that contour <laughs> line. uh and, and they were frankly very off-putting because they were so clinical and they had said there seems like stress involved, which is the last thing anyone needs when they're trying to conceive. And instead, having the feet uh, pop out from under the covers, it's, it definitely grabs you and grabs the eye, which is the whole purpose of the book. Great. So our last book that we're going to talk about is called Marketing to Mums. And before we talk about your cover, I'm going to show you a cover that I found on Amazon called Marketing to Mums. It was written by someone else. And it is, frankly, boring. It's uh, a block of black text with me, a black background with white text with the words Marketing to Mums and, and a subtitle. And the photograph underneath it is basically long-legged women wearing very expensive, fancy, high-heeled stilettos, uh, which really doesn't say marketing at all. It may not even say mums at all. Uh, <laughs> Uh, When I saw that, I said, that completely misses the mark, because when I saw yours, it it was so perfect, because it does have the words marketing to mums, it has a shopping cart with the UPC barcode, and the, the subtitle, How to Sell More to Australia's Most Powerful Consumer, so it, 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 it grabs you, because you see the shopping cart, but it's not really a shopping cart, it's the barcode, and everyone knows immediately what you're talking about. So tell us a little bit more about the origin of this story and how did the author relate to your idea for this? Did they get it right away or did they, did they want moms and stilettos? 
<laughs> well, Katrina Makata, uh, she's actually writing her third book um, at the moment, and we'll be working on the cover together. Look, she she is a, a phenomenal entrepreneur um, in Sydney, and she does an incredible job um, with working with females, women, and teaching them how to market to moms, which is a huge market in Australia and globally, I can imagine as well. So initially we experimented with many different ideas and um, in the first round of concerts there were a lot of uh, photographical uh, concepts and and photography we didn't have heels um, (laughs) because I wanted to steer away from that cliche because in reality how many moms are running around constantly in heels it's not relatable it looks cheesy and we all love a pair of heels but it's not the constant world the constant existence of and being of moms so marketing to moms straight away says sales obviously so we needed to capture that essence well you know we couldn't have we couldn't have the typical you know dirty pots in the sink or like you know piles of washing or something like that actually I I think I did have a laundry basket on the front cover because again that would be relevant to moms so we're trying to capture the essence of what everyday mom looks like Uh, and of course there's no typical kind of mom but when you talk about the marketing aspect you're really talking about sales because that's that's what every business owner would like to do, sell to moms. So that, you know, they have that dollar sign in their mind. And barcode, <laughs> that, that just instantly came to mind because I thought, you know, women are forever swiping card, credit cards and, and buying something, whether it's groceries or uh, clothes for kids and things like that. So I thought, let's see how we can incorporate the two. I, I had this idea of bringing a barcode onto the cover. I just didn't know how. And, um, and, and so this idea was born. <laughs> and, and it works well with the subtitle, How to Sell More to Australia's Most Powerful Consumers. So when you have the words marketing and sell, you straight away see barcode. Um, that we could have gone with dollar signs, but again, that would be cliche. That would be very typical. Um, and we steer away from that in the design space. I, I do anyway. Yeah. Well, I think it's very clever the way you turn the barcode into a shopping cart. Uh, great. My, my last question, uh, let's talk about colors. Are there some colors that you found work better in selling books or some colors in or some colors out? Does it go through cycles? It doesn't really. I always look at the at the genre so i will do a bit of research if it's a particular if it's a self-help book or if it's a book in leadership space um so i will have a look at what's already on the market and if there are a lot of books with yellow backgrounds um, then i will go the other way so i wouldn't say that there is any particular color that's off the table you know perhaps i wouldn't do it like a a brown background (laughs) on the book cover because that might not be very appealing but um, I feel that every color has a place. It's just how it's used. Um, and, um, and I guess every color has a message that it carries. So, for example, I've, I've got a, a cover called Handle with Care, and it has a feather on the front. And it has a very soft, pale blue background. Now, you would typically think that that blue, blue pale background wouldn't really stand out as much especially uh, in that space they've got bright red covers and but it works it works with the imagery it works with the the title it just has a softness about it so it wouldn't I wouldn't say it's seasonal or even um, uh, I guess trending um, but every color has a space and and a place 
when should an author start thinking about the cover and getting in touch with the designer? I always say at, at the stage where they start the editing process. So when they, uh, when they get their manuscript back after the first round of edits to start working on the cover and really for two reasons, the content is evolving and so they're gaining more clarity about the actual message of the book and, and ideas of what feels right on the cover, especially when they're presented with like 10 concepts of different design directions. It, uh, you know, the writing piece and the design piece work well together because a lot of the time authors would say, oh, it's so interesting you put that on the cover, that symbol, because in the book I actually have a piece where I talk about that. And th that was just purely a coincidental um, moment because I, I unfortunately can't read every manuscript. I, I read a short synopsis at the back and I run with it. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is such a big portion of working with cover, with uh, a book is black text on white background. You know, they just it's just all text. Again, it serves as a circuit breaker for for them for the authors, and all of a sudden they get excited because it's just something and colorful and fun and creative a lot of the time they say to me oh this is so fun and you know it's like my escape when I get to see a new round of revisions of covers so it just activates the, a different part of the brain and also makes it feel real you know so when they see the cover it's that it's that Oscar gown on the red carpet when they're promoting the movie you know that's when it becomes a reality and so a lot of the time they'll say I have to get this done there's no turning back now now that I have that cover Mm -hmm. So, and I just, I've been hearing that for 15 years. So that's why I always say that first round of edits, start thinking about the cover. So you're not feeling rushed in the end. Because I have had some authors come to me going, oh my God, the manuscript is finished. And now I have to think of the cover. Like, I can't actually believe it. I knew it needed a cover, but here I am. It's about to go to print, do something quick. You never want to be in that space because it's the cover that sells. Right. Very good. Thank you very much. Great. Julia, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can feel free to check out my website, designability.com.au, and I have all my social handles on the website as well. Great. And we'll put them in the show notes as well. And no matter where you are in the writing process, you can find more than 100 interviews with lots of tips on how you can write your book in a flash on this YouTube channel. Check them out. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.